Chapter Fifteen of Born Again by Alfred Lawson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gabby Cowan. Do not overload your stomach. This admonition caused me to feel like a child once more, and I was uncertain whether I ought to laugh or become indignant over the remark. Still, I fully realized the necessity of this warning not only for myself alone but for the entire human race from which i sprung how many beings are there in the world today who would not profit by following this advice how many are there with sense enough to heed it i cannot recall to memory any person i have ever met who had absolute control of his appetite we take pleasure in living but do not live for pleasure continued arletta as she touched an invisible spring concealed within a dainty flower and graciously invited me to eat or rather to breathe and as i inhaled the delicious fumes it seemed that the very breath of life itself was injected into every pore of my body that is enough of the soup commented arletta mirthfully now try the roast now the entry and here perhaps a little dessert will not hurt you there that is plenty a little is strengthening but too much is poisonous you see this process of living is very simple indeed our chemists merely extracted the vital parts of vegetables herbs cereals fruits nuts flowers etc and reduced them to airy form these artificial flowers are arranged to conceal small tubes from which the nutriment flows by operating these automatic springs the substance is allowed to escape in such quantities as is required for meals very simple is it not much cleaner and better than munching a piece of fat pork don't you think and there are no cooks needed to prepare it no waiters to serve it nor any dishes to wash afterward our food was arranged ready for consumption at the great national laboratories and piped directly to the people to use as they pleased it is all very wonderful exclaimed i looking up to arletta as if she were the goddess of life itself but there is one thing in particular i am anxious to know and that is what causes daylight here when darkness prevails on the outside of this building very simple explained she about a thousand years before the great catastrophe our scientists discovered a method whereby they could store up the rays of the sun for light heat and power and after much experimenting they found that they could mix these rays with other ingredients into solid substances the light you observed in the hallway before entering here is merely compressed into the material of which the walls are composed and as long as that remains light will shine from it the light in this room comes from the miniature sun you see in the picture that too will give forth radiance as long as the material holds together our scientists were remarkable men they not only made use of the sun's rays in many different ways 
for the benefit of mankind but actually controlled the power of the sun itself in so far as it related to the earth they also restrained the atmosphere which surrounds the earth and made the weather conditions to suit their own welfare but these things are so infinitely beyond the ape's man comprehension who feels that he has almost reached the limit of human resources with his crude little steam engines that it would only be a waste of time and power to try to explain them to you besides being a considerable strain upon your half-grown brain this is certainly a wonderful painting said i looking about the room with much admiration i have never seen anything to compare with it before there is nothing about it that is extraordinary remarked arletta it is merely a little ornamentation of my own private apartment which i did myself according to my own fancy any of our ordinary house decorators could have done as well or better all of our children were taught to paint and they devoted considerable of their spare time to the art but the works of the real artists were placed upon exhibition in the national galleries where everybody could see and enjoy their magnificence i observed the absence of jewelry about your person mentioned i was it not the custom of your people to wear jewels do you think that to wear rings around your toes and suspended from your nose is a sensible thing to do inquired arletta no no decidedly not answered i such are the customs of the barbarians only but our civilized people wear rings around their fingers and in their ears indeed and wherein lies the difference asked she good-naturedly it then struck me rather forcibly that there was no difference and that it was just as ridiculous to wear rings from the ears and around the fingers as it was to have them suspended from the nose and about the toes but were there no diamonds in your country questioned i yes replied arletta there was a large pile of them in the national museum which we looked upon as all junk sort of relics of the savage ape-men when our children were shown these things and informed that a king of an ape-man nation would gladly sacrifice their lives of a hundred thousand of his subjects in an attempt to gain possession of them or that his subjects could murder their friends brothers wives or children in an effort to secure some for themselves it was impossible for the youthful minds to fully understand why the ape-man should become so ferocious and idiotic over such trifles they naturally look upon your species as you would view a tribe of monkeys fighting amongst themselves for the possession of a string of glass beads the ape-man like the monkey is incapable of seeing his own absurdities and what about gold i inquired we had a building constructed of it answered she one of the first things the sage men did after they abolished the system of individual accumulation was to take all the gold there was in the country and mould it into a huge edifice to be used as a national museum 
and represent a sort of monument to a dead system it must have been a magnificent structure said i in amazement on the contrary replied arletta it was the most hideous building in our land as a curiosity it was worth seeing but as an object of grandeur it was a total failure there is more real beauty in one of nature's tiniest flowers than there would be in a mountain built of gold and studded with diamonds but the little ape-man who considers gold the standard of value cannot understand this when you mentioned the absurdity of wearing jewelry said i it brought to my attention the fact that you wear no shoes upon your feet and that your toes are much longer and far more shapely and supple than is the case nowadays yes answered she that is because we made use of our toes as well as our fingers for useful purposes it appears to me that the ape-man has permitted his feet to grow into mere hoofs with which to stump along upon and from what i observed during my excursion around the world your people are even allowing their hoofs to become worthless and here she smiled as she recalled to mind some of the gouty rheumatic and overfed mortals she had seen during that trip as arletta smiled her beautiful lips parted and for the first time i noticed much to my surprise that she had no teeth a woman of our own kind without teeth generally presents a rather dilapidated appearance but here was a woman that i thought actually looked more lovely without them well remarked arletta noting my astonishment i do not have teeth to bite and chew with like the lower animals the sage-man shed his teeth shortly after he discontinued the filthy animal habit of devouring flesh and other solid substances for subsistence and substituted the more scientific cleanly and healthful method of inhalation End of chapter fifteen recording by gabby cowan in kingston ontario canada